Hey everyone, this is Ben Chapman. Thank you for listening to Luminous Church Podcast. It's always an honor that you would take time out of your day to listen to us. We hope that you would see Jesus more clearly today and that you would also be inspired to make a difference wherever you find yourself. Enjoy today's sermon and God bless you. Well, hello, Luminous family. Thank you so much for having me in your home today. If you have your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 8, verses 31 through 39. This is where we're going to be. And if you're taking notes, we're going to look at three out of several possibilities um, of points that we can be pulled from this text. And the thing is, this text is so filled and rich with revelation, but I want to look at these three. Um, first one is abide. Second is confess, and the last one is take off. And so before we, we dive in, let's, let's invite the Holy Spirit to join us as we, uh, us as he is the one that brings revelation and transformation. So I would love for you just to join me in this short prayer so he can come and move on our hearts today. And so it may be on the screen. I just want y'all just to recite after me at your home or wherever you may be here in the audience as well. Um, Lord, I'm ready to hear from you. And I'm ready to receive your truth. Meet me today and speak to my heart. Amen. Awesome, guys. Well, Romans... Is Paul's fullest and grandest, most comprehensive statement of the gospel. See, Paul brings together all the greatest themes like sin, law, judgment, human destiny, faith, work, grace, justification, sanctification, election, the plan for salvation, the work of Christ, the work of the Holy Spirit, and the Christian hope. He embodies all this in the book of Romans. As we look at verse 31, we see God's everlasting love. This is what they entitle it. So starting in 31, it says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He is he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things. Who should bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died more than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. I remember when I first moved from Austin to, move from Austin to Austin to Colleen. There we go. 
Uh, Kalina is a way smaller city than Austin is. And as you know, as you move to a larger city, you have to get accustomed to large city ways. You know, this is what the large city brings. Uh, clearly, traffic is one of those things you have to get accustomed to. Uh, crowds of people and parallel parking. <laughs> parallel parking is not one of my strengths because at that time, clean, you know, there was no places to parallel park. So the skills, that skill was never really exercised as much as the other common driving skills. And well, if I can be quite honest with you, I might have, you know, hit a car or two in the process of trying to get, really just exercise this muscle. But one thing that was always fascinating, interesting to me is that I would always, you know, in the, in the midst of about to parallel park, I would turn down the radio. And I don't know about you, man, have you ever just like turned down the radio just to maybe focus? But it, it could be my favorite song. It could be that one part that was really great, and I just have to turn it down just so I can focus just a little bit more. I don't know if you know anyone like that, or maybe it's you when you're looking for directions and looking for the address, and you're like, man, I have to turn down the radio. Or maybe it's when it's raining and there's this dangerous conditions around. Maybe you have to lower the volume some. The thing is, is that there's science behind this, and I'm not going to go all into that. I'm just going to go praying to simple layman's terms. And uh, pretty much it says that turning down the radio or eliminating a task from your brain's to-do list shifts its focus to the most important thing by changing your environment. So we may stop listening to our passenger's conversation just for a quick second, just to really shrink our visions. Or maybe we would turn down the radio or cut it off if you may need to, to really just focus just a little bit more. And in light of all that's happening in the world today, I can see how many of us may be struggling to believe that God is for you. And if I was to be quite honest, uh, when Pastor Ben asked me to preach on this passage, I was somewhat hesitant because partly I, in the moment, was struggling to believe verse 31, that God is for me. And if I can't get past 31, how can I then believe 32 through 39? See, our, our family, our nation, and the world is hurting. I'm hurting. But it's just like the Lord to speak to you your pain. And he says that he said this to me, he said, uh, he just kindly reminded me to switch my focus. Not to ignore what's happening around me, but to switch my focus because if I don't, then my burdens will stay with me. See, church, God is for you. He is for you. He is for us. And he is for me. And in order for us to truly receive that truth, we first must turn down the noise around us, no matter how informative and helpful it may be. If we focus our attention on anything more than God, we risk hurting ourselves and others. See, scripture would say, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. First, seek the kingdom of God and everything else will be added on to you. This is why we need to abide in him so that the truth of his word will fill us, quiet the noise, and then send us. Verse 31 says, what should we say to these things? If God is for us, then who can be against us? 
See, verse 31 poses some questions like, what things? Like, Paul, what what are you talking about? What things are you referring to? It's like jumping midway into a conversation or a movie, and you have no idea what is happening. What things? He goes on to say, if God is for us, if, man, the blessing said he is for me. May Carrie Job said it eight times in the song, and that's one more than seven, and seven is the number of completion, so I know it's holier than seven. The God is for me. Three is, well, who's us? Am I included in the us? See, these things that, that Paul is referring to is the free grace of God that he gives to lost sinners. Since chapter 1, verse 16, that I am unashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God unto salvation. From that moment, Paul is building upon, building up to this point that the free grace of God has been given to us. The us that Paul is referring to is not the entire human race, but only to those who have accepted and have invited in Jesus Romans 8, 28, it says this, it's a couple of verses before this. It says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. See, God is for us. That statement is valid. That statement is true, but it has to be inserted within another truth. That God is for God. That God is for God. God is for his will. He is for his justice. He is for his redemption, for his plan, for his peace, for his love. But he also invites us to be a part of his purpose. See, if we abide in him, then we recognize and are able to confess his truth. As we go on to verse 32, it says that he did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How he not also with him graciously give us all things. Who should bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies who is to condemn. Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised and who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. As we look in this text, we see that Paul brings up these who statements. And who can be against us? Who should bring a charge? Who is to condemn us? Who shall separate us? See, there is an accuser that likes to bring fear and make us feel like we can't overcome whatever or whoever is against us. Likes for us to feel defeated. But no matter who the who is, they don't stand a chance against God. See, as we look at verse 32, it says, he did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? See, God gave the best he had. He gave his son, and through him, and through him we have victory. We've been acquitted. We've been justified. We've been joined to him. And if it wasn't enough, Paul takes it just a step further and says in verse 34 that Jesus is interceding for us. 
that Jesus is interceding for us. And I love this because it's just amazing that we know that God, God on the right hand has his son, Jesus, praying, interceding for us. And I love what Scottish minister Robert Murray McChaney said. He says this, if I could hear Christ praying for me in the next room, I will not fear a million enemies. Yet distance makes no difference. He is praying for me. And he's praying for you and he's praying for me. This is what we have to confess to ourselves and encourage one another that God is for us. That God is for you, that he is for me. And if you ever doubt that you have, all you have to do is look at the cross. It's look at the cross because the cross is ongoing proof of God's grace. His grace for you today and his grace for you tomorrow. See, if we abide in him and confess his truth, then we are ready to take off in his direction. As we go on, we look at verse 35. It says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? So tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword as it is written for you, for your sake, we are abiding or being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, no powers, nor height, nor depth, nor, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Man, that is so poetic. Man, Paul elaborates twice as much in this moment here on God's love for us. We see that God's love has no boundaries. And this type of love that Paul is describing is a love that not only liberates us, but it also gives us confidence. It gives us boldness. This type of boldness that would cause a young man to face a giant and says, man, I fought the lion, I fought the bear, and there's no giant that's going to stand against me or my God is going to stand a type of boldness that will bring three young men, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, to say, hey, I will not bow down to your idols, to your God, to your way of life. You can put me in the furnace, and I still will not surrender to you. A type of boldness that would cause a queen, Queen Esther, to, to rush into the king's council to prevent genocide of her people. It's this type of boldness that does doesn't create just a moment, but it creates a movement. It creates a move, and God is wanting to move in our city. He wants to move in our hearts. He wants to move in our nation. And each one of these people not only helped their community, but they changed a situation. They changed a circumstance. They received God's love. It took off in what God has called them for, called them to do. It changed their circumstances. We see David, you know, and in that moment, David was going to have to fight Goliath, and he won, and that was going to cause the Israelites to be an enslaved people under the Philistines. Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego brought a nation to God. 
And we see Esther prevented genocide. And we see that today, that God is wanting to move, and he wants that for you, for you to be invited in that. God is wanting to send you to a hurting people, to a hurting world. But first, you have to take off whatever you've been believing or accepting before you can go off in a direction that God wants you to go. Romans 10, 14 and 15 says this, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they've never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Church, God is for you. He is for you. He is for me. He is for us. As we look and we see that God wants us to first is to abide in him, to confess the truth so that we can take off in direction that he's called us to. We must act. This is what God desires for us because he is for us. And this is what was written about his son, that Jesus modeled this perfectly. A life in relationship with the father, constantly speaking truth after truth, and then to the obedience that led him to the cross in our place. As we, reclo- as we close and reflect with a song, here are three ways that you can apply this to your week. Lately, you know, what has been consuming your focus instead of the Lord? Is it social media? Is it work? Is it an individual? I would say this week to intentionally shift your focus on the Lord. Maybe you just need to take a moment and just pray about that. What, has, what is that? And allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you. Secondly, Romans 8.31, that God is for us. Who can stand against us? And write it down on a piece of paper, not on your notes, on something that you may forget, but on a piece of paper. Carry it with you. Memorize it. Look at it. Set it as a wallpaper on your phone to remind you that God is for us, that he is for you, that he is for me. And lastly, if you want to be a part of the us that Paul is talking about, that he's referring to in his scripture, the us that, that they're really experiencing the love that God has for you, that he wants to send you, that he wants to completely just give you a new heart and transform some of those things internally that you've been holding on to. Well, fill out a connect card so we can connect with you, so we can pray with you, so we can celebrate your decision to accept Jesus. Can we go ahead and prepare our hearts for the song?
even through darkness, Lord, you are with me. Surely your goodness filled in your
that you send us and you direct us into a place that would help others. God, thank you that you have been a blessing to us and you have blessed us with the most precious gift, your son. We thank you, Lord. We praise you, God. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us online. We hope to see you after service in the Zoom lobby, so stick around. We hope you have an amazing week, and we hope to see you next week.